We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. We are now into year number two officially after last week's very fun episode, which I think both of us enjoyed quite a bit Yes, out at Grains of Wrath. Thank you to Mike Hunziker and all the people out there at Grains who uh, so nicely welcomed us in and allowed us to sit there for two hours talking and drinking beer and eating food and shooting the S and recording a podcast. Yeah. That was, I think... That might have been our second longest podcast after our Hood River Combo podcast. Oh, I didn't even notice that it was that long. I think it was like an hour and 20 minutes or something. Cool. It was a, It was a long one. Did you find the curse words? I think so. Okay. I did have to spend time listening back to the entire interview because I didn't remember where exactly Mike cursed. <laughs> he's He's the only one who's actually cursed in the podcast. Twice. Uh, <laughs> twice now. <laughs> and the problem with this one is he did it kind of quiet. So I was listening, 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 kind of, I was doing other things, but had it in one ear, like trying to like find him as I was working. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he was like talking, talking, then he was like, F yeah. But like he said the (laughs) F word and I was like, wait, what did I miss it? And I had to like go back and the interview was long. It was like 30 minute interview. So I was like, okay, come on. I need to, I'm doing other things here. I need to find these. So I think I found them all, but if I missed one, I apologize. Cause he also sat in beer of the week and I was like, did he curse in beer of the week? I don't and even know. Remember. So then you had to do beer of the week too. I did. Yeah. So oh, sorry, buddy. Hopefully we found him. Hopefully you didn't uh, get offended by any curse words. You naive beer drinkers, you, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that, that is uh, last week's episode. We had a lot of fun doing that. So hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to it. And like we said last week, if you haven't made it out to grains of wrath yet, go, go now. That's a command. By the way, oh, no. listen, listen to me commanding you to go to Grains of Wrath. So on this week's episode, we're going to do a full dedicated epi- episode to a topic that we didn't dedicate an episode to last year, and that is Oregon Brewers Festival, OBF 2019. And last year we both went, but we talked about it, but didn't do a podcast on it. Right. So this time we're actually going to dedicate the whole podcast to it. I didn't actually get a chance to go this year, so Patrick will be the man as he went on Saturday. Yes. And uh, he will be able to discuss all the stuff that he had and kind of we can look back to last year and just talk about our experience in general with with OBF. So we'll get to that in a second. You can find the podcast wherever you can find podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Radio.com, Stitcher, Omni, 1080thefan.com. And then our social medias. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick's at PDiddy085 on Instagram. And the podcast is at Beers on Us on Instagram where we have been posting fairly regularly, which I am very proud of us for both doing. Yes, I, was, I am too. I was very nervous that I was going to be really, really bad at it. And so far, I mean, I've had days where I've had beers that I wanted to take a picture of and forgot. Yeah, that happens. But I've been pretty good. Um, I My personal uh, Instagram page looks quite different now. Really? Uh, as there is really little to no beer being posted right. on that. Because you're only posting it on the Beers on Us page. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a lot, of, a lot of outdoor rafting pictures, and that's about it. Yeah, I'm about to go on a trip, so you'll see a bunch of drunken debauchery, most likely, when I get back. 
I'm going to Victoria, Canada next week. Uh, that's right. For the first time. And I'm only going there because my brother and sister-in-law went there on a cruise as one of the stops. Mm-hmm. And usually my wife's family and us, the six of us, uh, do a trip once a year, maybe once every other year, just to go somewhere for a couple of days. One year they actually came here. We rented a beach, uh, a house out of Cannon Beach and, and did it here. But uh, my brother and sister-in-law said Victoria was so beautiful in the one or two days they were there, they wanted to go back. Mm. And we were like, okay. Okay. I mean, for us, that's easy. We just, I mean, we're catching a flight up to Seattle, but just because it's easier and more convenient. But go up to Seattle, a little 45-minute puddle jumper, yeah. take a ferry across the, the sound, I guess, and then yeah. there you are. That's going to be a long ferry. It probably will be, but. Bet you it's like three hours. I don't care. Yeah. Look, Ferries it's gonna, are cool, though. It's going to be a vacation. I'm assuming there's going to be beverages to be had on said ferry. It's a hope. but uh, You might want to pack some just in case. Because <laughs> I want to get the vacation started off right, you know? Yeah, you might want to go to a shop in Seattle. Go run and, the Rubens real quick and yeah, just get and some. pick up some beers. Yeah, you might want to do that. <laughs> go to Fremont. Just in case. Just in case. Well, we'll see the timing of it because, you know, we're all flying in from different places, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But uh, anyway, that's where I'm going to be going next week. If I have any interesting beer up there, I will let you know. Um, but let's talk about our week in beer before we get into OBF. And I know your week in beer included OBF, mm-hmm. so let's save that for the actual segment. Sure. But I'll start with mine and the picture that I put on the Beers on Us Instagram the other day. And I've been lucky. The last two of these I have been able to find without much issue. The only one I had issue with was the second one, which you uh, uh, provided to me. But Gigantic has been doing their Hellboy series. And the first one was like a maple syrup pancake stout, mm-hmm. which I thought was delightful. Yep. The second one was a chocolate mole stout, which is the one that you were able to find for me, which I could not find. That was really good. The third one was a wit, which I really enjoyed. And then number four came out, and I was at New Seasons, and there were two bottles left. And I went there, and I was like, hell yeah, I get to try this. I'm glad you grabbed one, because I saw one and was like, I'll grab that later. <laughs> well, I grabbed one and tried it, and it was called Indigo Blue Beer. Now, the, the bottle was dark enough that you couldn't see the color of the beer. But on the label, Indigo Blue Beer, and they kind of in the description basically say, you're drinking a blue beer here. And I was like, blue? Really? Blue. Like, is it the label's blue? Like, is you're talking about the label and maybe you use indigo in it, which is the color blue, but like that's just a flavor or something? Yeah. No, no. I poured the beer into a glass, and as you can find on the picture on the Instagram page, it's blue. It's blue. It is blue. It's light blue, but it's blue. And I sat there looking at it going, I know I'm going to drink this. I'm sure I'm going to like it, but I'm a little bit unsettled by the color of this beer. It's kind of like a cool novelty. Uh, but the beer is actually good. It was just kind of a... Uh, what kind of beer was it? It didn't really describe it super well. It was just kind of a little little citrusy, hoppy beer. Okay. I wouldn't necessarily say IPA. It might have been. It didn't feel super bitter. But yeah. uh, there was like citrus hops in there, and there was uh, another hop that I forget what the label said. But it was a citrusy, hoppy beer. I mean, honestly, it was a, it was a clean, refreshing citrusy beer. Very, very easy drinking. It was just blue. And I think that was the novelty of it is here's an easy beer, but it's blue color. Yeah. Whereas all, all of them so far have been very interesting and very over the top in flavor. And this one was very simple in flavor, in my opinion, or very, I don't know, maybe not simple, but common. Yeah. But the color was what got you. So it was pretty cool. If you want to drink a blue beer and feel really weird and cool about yourself, then go ahead and get one of those if you can find it. I might have to check that out. Can't say I've ever had a blue beer. And it's it's, it's definitely a green gonna, beer. 
But that's just like Bud Light with food coloring. Yeah, 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 exactly. I have had I've had that too. It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah it's rough. Um, but the I think you'll like it because it's a flavor profile you'll probably just enjoy. Simple, okay. citrusy. Just close your eyes. Don't look at it. Well, look at it. <laughs> look at blue. it. Be brave. Be bold. Be bold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll have to that check was my, that out. That was my weekend beer. I didn't do anything too crazy. I was in Vegas this past weekend. Um, the beer scene there actually way better than I expected. Nice. In terms of places that we went. I mean, we actually stopped at the Budweiser beer deck because we were walking by it. And I was like, well... This could be either really bad or be fine because Anheuser-Busch owns a lot of breweries. So we went there. They had like 30 beers on tap, a couple of 10 barrels. They had a couple of uh, Modern Times and stuff, a bunch of breweries that, that we are familiar with. I got a Joe IPA from 10 Barrel. Yeah. I was like, I'm not drinking a Budweiser. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I'm at the Budweiser beer deck. Uh, I, got a, I got a Joe IPA. Solid time. They had like Jenga on the table. It was a lot of fun. So that, that was kind of, you know, I had some other beers. I had... Oh, now I'm going to forget. I tried to get an Elysian Space Dust at the same bar I went to last year that got really drunk on Elysian Space Dust. Yeah. They, they were out of it, though. They were so out. I, I can't remember what wah, I got there. Wah. I'll try to remember what I got there. It was it was actually pretty good, but I only had one of them. But yeah, so it w- wasn't too much beer on my in my palate this weekend. I had a lot of mixed Gatorade drinks that I pre-poured in the hotel room to not pay for alcohol. <laughs> there you go. That's That, that was my weekend. That's a smart move. Um, mine is a little all over the place. Um. Let's see. There's uh, there was a bunch of Pint House pizza beers in town from Austin, Texas. I know one of the. Is that the place that the guy from here opened? Uh, no. Okay. I don't think so. I remember you telling me there was a guy who opened a brewery down there, and then you also mentioned Pine House Pizza being a big name brewery. So I probably just combined the two stories. Yeah, probably. Um, so Pine House is a brewery in Austin, Texas. Um, They're, you know, one of the more reputable craft breweries in the state of Texas. There was some stuff in town. There was some stuff at town. Uh, At Bailey's on Thursday, I had um, something from them on Sunday at Tulip Shop Tavern. Um, And obviously, I did OBF on Saturday. I've been drinking some Mass Ascension IPA from Ex Novo. Um, that I've seen a couple places around town. I've really kind of enjoyed that. Uh, the Pine House Pizza beers, uh, they don't use, they don't filter anything and they don't fine anything. So it comes out with a natural haze, uh, but it tastes like hazy IPAs. Oh, yeah. so they, they're hazy and hazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't my jam. Yeah. They were all right. I could see why people would like them, though. Is that- it's always fun to drink Texas beer because we never get beer from the state of Texas. Except for Shinerbach. Shinerbach. Which, by the way, you can say what you want because it's a pretty mass-produced beer. Now, I enjoy a good Chinerbach. It's not a bad beer. I enjoy a good Chinerbach. It's not a bad beer. It's one of the first uh, one of the first craft beers that I tried mm-hmm. before moving out here because my buddy's sister was in the Air Force and was stationed in Austin. And when he went down there, he discovered Chinerbach and brought home a bunch of Chinerbach. Ah, gotcha. And it was like, hey, Mike, you got to try this beer. And I was like, yep, I will. And I tried it, and I was like, this is really good. I got to stop drinking Blue Moon and start drinking some Shinerbach. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoy a good Shinerbach from now now and then. I think Pine House stems from Odell's in Fort Collins, Colorado. What do you mean stems from? I think that's where the dude who oh, the dude gotcha. who does Pine House used to be the dude at Odell. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It is interesting. The dude of some sort. You know, we could do an episode on this at some point. It might take a little legwork, but we could do like brewery family trees. 
the trees the trees can get big um or like coaching trees in sports right yeah like this guy opened this brewery and had a couple of apprentices under him or assistants under him and then they went and opened this brewery and then they opened this brewery especially in this town i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of incest in this town yeah and I think that'd be kind of interesting just to kind of follow who has the biggest tree, right. whose tree died off quickly, not as like a rip, ripping on them thing, just out of curiosity, and just kind of see what happened. That'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, that would be fun. So maybe down down the road when we have way more time to commit to doing some research on that, we could <laughs> we could do that. But that's just a little idea that popped up in my head. All right, so OBF 2019, I did not get a chance to go this year. Patrick was there on Saturday. I was. And uh, last year we went together. It was my first experience going. And I enjoyed it because I got to try a lot of beer I wouldn't normally try and I would have actually never heard of in the first place. Even mm-hmm. breweries I had not heard of in the first place. But... The only negative to me was it was really hot, which I I guess it probably wasn't this Saturday, which is probably nice. I feel like last year was like 100 degrees when we were there. Uh, really hot and sandy because you're out on the waterfront park there and uh, really crowded. So it was not – it was fun to drink all the beer, but standing in line constantly was not super fun. Yeah. Well, then this year might have been your year because it wasn't very hot and it wasn't very busy. Oh. So, I mean – yeah, You stood in lines, I'm imagining. But. They weren't that bad, though. They really weren't. I, mean, I remember standing in a line for like 35 minutes last year. Yeah, there was none of that this year. Wow. Um, it definitely seemed lower attended. This was the first year that every beer there was an, was a beer made in the state of Oregon. And I'd read some stuff that they did that to try to increase um, participation, I guess, or increase, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, um, the amount of people showing up. Sorry, I don't know why I'm brain dead right now. But uh, and increase attendance. There you go. Attendance. Thank you. And I do not believe that worked. Um, attendance looked even a little low than a little smaller than last year. Maybe. And you went on Saturday, which would be likely the most popular day to go. Yeah. Right? And I was down there Saturday at like peak time and it was kind of quiet. Um, There's no Sunday this year. um, So I don't know. I If anything, you would think that would push people to go on Saturday, but they didn't. Hmm. Um, yeah, so that was kind of strange that it didn't seem as busy. Um, now the thing that I really enjoyed from last year was actually trying the out of state beers, mm -hmm. especially because a lot of the dark beers were out of state beers. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. So if I'd gone this year, I think I would have been disappointed not to get some other outsiders because for me, at least I drink a lot of Oregon beer all the time, right? right? There are some breweries, obviously I would have seen that I hadn't heard of before. Like I think last year, Rusty Truck was one that I had never heard of before that I tried. They're, right. a, co- they're a coast brewery, but generally it was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, oh, here's all these breweries I drink all the time. And oh, I've never had a new Holland beer before or whatever it was that I went to. I was like, let's go get that dark beer. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. Um, this year with it being all Oregon, if you want to dive into the beer segment of it, um, with it being all Oregon, there was... What's the best way to say this? Two, there's a lot of breweries I've never heard of. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's a good thing, then. You get to experience some new places, right? Sure. That being said, there's a lot of really bad beer. Mm. Yeah. That you actually drank yourself, too? Yes, that I tried and was like, oh, this sounds this sounds cool, and I had it, and I was like, that's not cool mm. at all. You um, did say that you had a little bit of a soapbox for this episode. I have a feeling this is where we're going, huh? Yeah, kind of. Um, I think... I think this was a big swing and a miss on the all Oregon brewery. And I think it goes to show kind of what I've been preaching a little bit that sure. We've got a lot of beer breweries, but we don't have that much great beer. And maybe I'm just picky. 
Maybe I'm just the 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 a hole that it has high high standards. I think you're more picky than most, <laughs> but I don't think you're necessarily wrong. I think that, like you said, you've said this on the podcast before. What ten to fifteen great breweries, mm-hmm. and I say most people would probably stretch that to like twenty five. Yeah, but you're because you're extra picky. Yeah, but still, I mean that's still a a small percentage of the amount of breweries. I right? also you're right, right. So I had a lot of I had a lot of bad beer. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna just kind of be honest about that. Um, Which is again surprising because if you're going to a festival like this, you'd like to put your best foot forward, especially if you're a smaller brewery that not a lot of people have heard of. Exactly, right? exactly. So that being said, though, what kind of made it easy was it was unfortunately it was kind of trust your brewery. It was like if you walk up, like I walked up and I saw an upright beer, I saw a frame beer, I saw a Sun River beer, and I was like, those are probably going to be okay. And sure enough, they were great beers. Um, so it was kind of like I would only dive into something from a brewery I didn't know if the style sounded great. Like I was like I was excited to have it. Um, and another part that I think really kind of was a big swing and a miss. Here, here are the big name breweries on the south end. Okay, there's okay. there's Boneyard, Double Mountain, Good Life, Laurelwood, Freem, Upright. McMinimins, um, Von Ebert, Oakshire Ninkasi, Great Notion, Gigantic, Cascade, Breakside, Bowie, Ecliptic, Fort George, Sun River, Pelican. All on the south side. Zeugel House. All on the south end. These are the top breweries on the north end. Um, doop, doop, doop. Looking, looking. Lucky Lab. Um, Worthy, Stormbreaker, Hopworks, Berelic Deschutes. So the south side was loaded. Migration. And the north side was weird? Yeah, I didn't understand it. It was like, let's put all of these really known, really popular breweries in one area and kind of put all these unknowns somewhere else. The north end had a bunch of stuff I'd never heard of. So I wonder, thinking about that strategically... My question is this. Did they do that because they didn't want the lesser-known breweries to get outshined or outlined, if you will, by all the big-name breweries? So that if you go to the north end, it's like you're seeing all these breweries who are next to each other you haven't heard of, but you're at the north end, so you're at that little cart right there, and you want to go try that beer versus all these brand-new breweries are next to, like, Sun River and Freem, and you're like, I'm not going to go to this random one. I'm going to go to Freem. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know how they decide if it's random or what. But if that's what they did, then I feel like if I feel like if you're, you know, Berlick on the north end, you're like, hey, man, why didn't I get to sit at the cool kids table? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, well, on the other side, on the flip side, though, maybe people were like, hey, Berlick's up here. Yeah. And everyone lined up at Berlick. <laughs> well, and it was a pink guava goza. And we'll get into styles here in a minute. Uh and but uh, but I will say this: when I was there on Saturday, the North End was more popular. The cider trailer was huge. That, that makes had sense. Lines like fifteen, twenty people deep. That makes sense, though. I mean, think about That's the amount. Everybody says to me, and I'm so confused by that. Well, think about the amount of people who go to that with significant others who yeah. don't like beer. They like cider. Yeah, right? that's and true. C- I mean, cider is really growing, and there's tons of numbers out there about how the cider seltzer market's cutting into the craft beer market. I mean, so you're just watching that grow. Yeah. So of course you're going to see it, and there's there are a couple of good what are they cideries that yeah. are in this city. So, um, the theme of the year 
There was two things I noticed that were pretty constant. There was a ton of gozas, a ton of gozas. Interesting. And also um, disappointing, but interesting. And a lot of mango and guava. Well, last year I remember you told me because this we went basically right at the beginning of the podcast, like episode two or something was when we went. Mm-hmm. So I was still very, 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 very new to craft beer in this town in terms of really diving into it. And you were saying expect a lot of summer beers, expect a lot of light beers, expect a lot of fruit beers. Mm-hmm. We saw a ton of fruit beers last year. Yeah. A ton of fruit beers. I don't remember seeing a lot of gozas. I think everything was like strawberry and rhubarb and mango and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I'm not surprised to see mango, but gozas. Hmm. Yeah, there's a ton of gozas. Does I mean, goza count as a summer beer? Yeah, I mean it's it's meant to be light bodied and have you know a touch of tartness. It's kind of kind of taste the coriander and it kind of makes it taste almost like squirt, if that makes sense, or like a sprite with a with a you know touch a touch of tartness. I haven't had a squirt in so long. <laughs> I had one the other day. It's actually pretty good. Oh, they're delicious. Yeah, I used to have them in a, college. Fountain from a gas station. I was like, ooh. I'm thirsty. That looks good. It was hot. <laughs> Lemon lime sodas are always more refreshing. Yeah. Boneyard did a goza. Stickman did a goza. Ecliptic did a goza. Um, I know Berlick did one you mentioned. Berlick did a goza. I know there's more that I just... Uh, some brewery called Zisha, X-I-C-H-A. Mm-hmm. They did a goza. Um, I'm sure there's more, and I don't want to. I don't want to do bad radio, but there was a lot of goza, and then I saw a lot of like immersion mango tango blonde, and um, three mugs. It takes tea to mango honey ale. A lot of lot of guava and honey. Sorry, not honey. Guava and mango. I have started to see more honey and tea type beers for some yeah, reason. Some of those are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, also, this year there were I think three of them that I'm really, really surprised that I was kind of looking at it and I was thinking to myself, Terminal Gravity, really? Why'd you do that? And that was there were some milkshake IPAs. Still, that yeah. was big last year. I noticed a ton of milkshake IPAs last year because that was kind of at the peak of that style. That and Brutes really kind of were at the OBF. I think there was one Brute. It gotcha. was Widmer's. Yeah, Widmer had a Brute, and that was it. But yeah, I saw there's probably three or four milkshake IPAs. Well, aren't there some breweries that solely do milkshake beers? Um, like, aren't there one or two that that's like their thing? Wait, River, Riverbend, Riverbend. But they're not here because they're, they're on the... They're, on the scoots outs, most likely. But Full Sail, Malted Milkshake, Elkhorn, Fruity Pebbles Milkshake, Terminal Gravity, Hi, My Name is Milkshake. Hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. I guess maybe their thought process, I'm not going to pretend like I know, but just trying to be positive patty over here. Maybe their thought process was, these beers are on the out, so let's bring them in because they're unique now. They're retro now, right? Maybe. Maybe. It's like, because... I think for a lot of these breweries, you're thinking, what's going to make us stand out when we're next to 70 other breweries? Good beer. Right. But you also need to draw people to yeah. get in your line in the first place. Yeah, I suppose. And I think they're saying, okay, so milkshakes, there was like 20 milkshake beers last year. This year, there won't be any. Let's make one and stand out. Because if someone likes a milkshake beer, they're going to come try our brewery, right? Yeah, we definitely definitely saw that in the names of stuff, too. So like, people definitely went out of their way to try to have kitschy kind of names. Yeah, it's a it's a sex appeal kind of thing. Totally. Very interesting. Well, I I wonder what that means for next year and uh, on the podcast if I have a chance next year I'd like to go with you and we can yeah. go see what what's up. I, I would love if they change their mind back to not doing Oregon only breweries because I think it's a good way to 
expand your horizons because right. we it's, all here drink Oregon beer all the time. Uh, and I felt it mostly, and this is probably my bias kicking in, but I felt it mostly with Southwest Washington. I think those I think those guys are making pretty good beer. And they deserve to be and there. And I think they deserve to be there. Yeah. I think we are more their market than the state of Washington is. Sure, they've got their neighborhood. Sure, they've got Southwest Washington on lock. But I guarantee you what is distributed over here is being drank more in Oregon than in Washington. Like in Grains of Wrath, for example. Yep. We drink a lot of Grains of Wrath in this town. 5440, we drink a lot of 5440 in this town. Everybody's. Everybody's is a staple in this town. So I would love at least if it were Southwest Washington included. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's strange to me that that wouldn't be included. I get it. if you're saying Oregon only, that makes sense. But it feels like Oregon still. Right. right. I, I know Vancouver's Washington and people from Vancouver are proud of being from Washington, but it's still the Portland metro area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, that should be included. Uh, but yeah, I'm curious next year if anything changes with that. And also if because my palate's not as picky as yours, if I would have enjoyed more of the beer than you did. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, but I would have skipped all the Gozas because, well, I just don't like them very much. Yeah, I know. It's tough. And I'm not hating on the Goza. I just noticed that that was uh, the popular style, you know? And there were breweries that, that made Gozas, and I was like, oh, I bet you that's pretty good. I just didn't jump on it. So there's OBF 2019. Well, I got one last oh, thing. Oh, okay. I want to end on a positive note. Final thoughts there from was, P. Harris. There was something that I really, really enjoyed this year. So the trailers that they pour beer from are on the west side, correct? Correct. So you line up, the north end has the big tent over it, the south end is exposed. Yes. And they have an area covered with seats, and some of it's just in the blazing sun. And there's water misters and yes. stuff like that. What they did this year on the south end was they swapped it. So the south end trailers were on the east side with uh, a few little awnings over it for the sun. And then on the west side, you sat at tables under the trees in natural shade very smart that was a good move because when you waited in line over there the trees created that shade exactly for you. so it wasn't too bad but then you went under the blazing tent to, to drink and it was like oh yeah exactly let me out of this death zone yeah so i bet you they saved money on renting tents in the first place and i just like that concept a little better yeah i guess it just blocks the view of the river a little bit because all the trucks are in the way but yeah but you know there's giant buildings going up everywhere that's going to block the river anyway so well not from that park though. i know but just look at you being anti-establishment over here. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, we have our Beer of the Week. It is a brewery that neither of us have had. What? And what? I guarantee it. Okay. Uh, unless you had it at OBF uh, on Saturday. And it is a brewery that was sent to me from a listener. And I said, hey, I've never heard of that. How is that? And he gave me a little explanation of what it was. And uh, that is the beer that is going to be Beer of the Week next. Color me intrigued. Here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And I, I stayed very quiet because Patrick made fun of me last time for being terrible at teasing our Beer of the Week. But he mentioned this brewery during the segment. And he in my did. head, I was like, say something, say something, say something. <laughs> and I was like, no, don't spoil it. You're really bad at these teases. Don't spoil it. Hey, so I said, I said nothing. I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> and I was quite surprised when he put it in front of me. Yes. So... This is a brewery that neither of us has ha- had had. I guaranteed it, right? You have not had this place. Not had this brewery. You mentioned it as a place that you had never heard of that made a Goza <laughs> for the OBF, 
And you and called it Zika because it's X-I-C-H-A. Now, on the side of the bottle, it tells you it's pronounced Chicha. Chicha. It is a West Salem brewery. And the reason I picked this beer, because I didn't know you were going to mention it as part of the OBF segment, is one of our listeners, Michael Burkhart, who's been doing this cool way of sending me the beers he's been drinking as he goes out Belmont Station or wherever he gets his beer, and he takes a picture of all the cans and bottles he bought for the week. And this time he took the picture. This was late July, 721 is when he took took the picture. So uh, not late. It was like a week ago. It feels like a long time ago. It was about a week ago. And he had this beer that I actually picked on the list, and I was like, I haven't heard of this place. How are they? He goes, Chicha is a local brewery here in Salem that is ridiculously good Latin food. I've had their ales and Mexican lager, but neither of these. I enjoyed the amber. Maybe a touch sweet for me. The Negra was warm, nutty, chocolatey, and light-bodied. Well, you know what sounds good to me is the Negra, which is what I picked. I found it in the cooler at John's Marketplace, so it's nice and cold for us to have. Sweet. And it is the uh, the Chicha Cerveza Negra Dark Lager. I'm very intrigued. And I'm also intrigued by the idea that it's a brewery that makes like Latin Mexican food versus just pub food, that's, which is very exciting. That's what I'm kind of getting reading the label. I was just kind of reading around the label and checking some stuff out, and it actually sounds really cool. First off, these are in 500 mil bottles, which are great. I love 500 mil bottles. They even look like the same bottles. They might even be the same bottles that Double Mountain uses. Uh, we brew ales and lagers that enhance the experience of Latin American style food and ingredients. Inspired by a traditional Munich Dunkel style, this lager is smooth and complex, but without being heady or heavy. The rich malt backbone promotes nutty flavors and smooth chocolate and caramel undertones. Chicha pairs this with tacos de puerco and pork belly tacos. Ooh. So they even tell you what to pair this with. Very smart. So they're not messing around. Like no. These are some people that might be like, what, what do you emphasize more, beer or food? And I don't think there's a wrong answer. No. If they're like, we emphasize food. It's like, that's cool. We emphasize beer. That's cool. I well, kind of like that. We emphasize both together. Well, yeah, yeah. I kind of like that they're just like, we're not beer, we're not food, we're both. I well, think that's cool. Take a sip. Uh, I'm I'm not going to lie. This is one of the better Negras I've had in quite some time because there's something about it that gives you that reminiscent flavor of a good, solid, dark Mexican beer, but it's 900 times deeper than that, right? I think a lot of the times when you get a Cerveza Negra, you get kind of the same beer, right? It's mm-hmm. a flavor. That, it's like a Negro Modelo, right? You right. get that, and if you get that from a craft brewery, usually it's a little bit better because they're using better ingredients or it's less mass-produced, but you can, you're you kind of tasting the same thing. Yeah. This is not giving me that at all. I see the influence, but they went and turned that upside down and said, we're going to make this a little bit of a darker beer with some of the influences of the of the Mexican dark lager. Yeah, I mean, I I... I love that on this it says inspired by a traditional Munich Dunkel style. I taste that in the malt, without a doubt. It's caramely. And it also mentions that this rich malt flip malt backbone, it is very rich yeah. for a lager. It's been a while since I've had a lager that had kind of this much thickness in its body. I'm glad that I chose this then because I really wanted to go dark beer because we've been doing a lot of light beers yeah, this yeah. beer of the week. And I, I picked this because of the tweet and because of the, the kind of the – even you mentioning this. But – I picked it because I was like, I want a dark beer, but I know this might be a little bit lighter, more approachable for Patrick. No, this is actually a pretty dark, heavy, it's, dark lager. It's a pretty heavy lager. I've, I, yeah, I'm quite surprised at how heavy it is. But I mean, it's it's tasting notes are nailing it. It is definitely get some nutty character into there. Chocolate is there for the sure. Chocolate's there, and the caramel is what's lingering with me the most. And on the nose, you smell the sweet caramely mm-hmm. malts as well. Mm-hmm. That's right when you get right away. I'm hungry. 
I want food now. You want pork belly taco now? I want pork belly tacos. Well, let's go down to West Salem. <laughs> That's another place, by the way, that we'll have to at some point go. We we want to go to uh, McMinnville. We want to go to Corvallis, Block 15. <laughs> we want to go to Bend at some point. That might be a bit of a... Uh, that that might have to be like a weekend trip mm-hmm. because that's a lot of beer to have. Yep. Uh, and then Salem, they're, they're popping up with all There's sorts a bunch of, of stuff now. down there. Yeah, it'd be worth checking out. That's for sure. And just from this bottle alone and this beer, I want to go to Chicha and for try sure. their food Without and try the rest of their beer. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, they should do like a sampler tray of food that pairs with a sampler tray of beer. Hmm. That'd be the size of food that you would enjoy too. Yeah. Small little bites. Yeah, baby. Of different stuff. Ooh, yeah. I'd get excited. It's like tapas. But yeah. I would also be like, can I get a sample tray of food and beer and then also this on the side of real <laughs> food, please? Like real size food, I mean, or big food because I'm a big guy. Man, this is really good. I, you're right. I do get a lot of that Dunkel influence. Um, I kind of like that it's a, a merging of styles. Yeah. I and like that you're, you're kind of. You, you nailed it. It's not just a dark Mexican lager. Right. It's got a lot more to it do than you, that. Do you agree that that is, when you have a dark Mexican lager from no matter who you have it from, it's like to a T exactly what you expect. Pretty much. And this yeah. is not. No, this is definitely its own kind of mamma jamma. And, and I I love people that take traditional styles and evolve them and well, do something different. With I them. like that as long as they're doing it well. And to me, this is doing it well. Yeah. This is a quality beer. Uh I've I started to see these popping up more. I've seen the name popping up more, so I don't know if they just started to distribute further from Salem or if they're very new and it's just something that we haven't you know we haven't seen because well they haven't existed up to this point. But um, yeah, if you live down at Salem, it says uh, they're in West Salem. It doesn't have their address on here. It just says brewed and bottled West Salem, Oregon nine seven three zero four. So if you live over on the west side of town and you want to go see these guys, if you haven't gone yet, then. Let us know how the food is, how the yeah, other beer please. is. And uh, I saw a couple of other beers at John's from these guys. So if you're interested to go into a bottle shop, see if you can find one. And you can try this one, of course, because we're drinking it right now and we both enjoy it. But you can try any of the other styles and let us know what you think. Because uh, I am now very intrigued. Mm-hmm. My interest is peaked. Tickled. P-I-Q-U-E-D. Tickle me intrigued. Peaked. <laughs> Okay, so that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Remember, you can find us everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, com, Radio.com, Stitcher, Omni. Um, and uh, wherever you find us, if there's an option to do it, uh, subscribe to us. Give us a rating. Give us a little review, if you would. We like it. We what appreciate we it. Uh, and then, uh, yes, shoot us messages on social media. At Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter is me. Patrick's at PDD085 on Instagram. And now we are both contributing to the Beers on Us Instagram page, which is just at Beers on Us. Uh, posting pictures of the beer we're having. Make sure we take a picture of this for the, the yep. podcast. And uh, you will see those up there. Interact with us on there and uh, give us all sorts of juicy likes and comments because it makes our egos feel better. I realized I maybe it's perfect for the beer of the week segment. I forgot to tell you the best beer I had at OBF. Oh. I'll be real quick about it. Okay. Um I I'm pretty confident that the one that I like the most. So Fort George did an oatmeal pale ale that tasted like their original oatmeal pale ale, which they haven't made in a very long time, which was really exciting. I Ooh. enjoyed that. However, my favorite beer was Allegory. You mentioned McMinnville and that's what popped in my head. Allegory did a a hoppy lager using strata. And I am dreaming of that beer now. Mm. Yeah, it was really, really, really nice. And Have you tried the Strat IPA from Worthy yet? No, I still haven't had it. I can't. I never see it anywhere. Go to an actual supermarket, dude. I, I don't go to supermarkets. And Trader Joe's, all their beers warm. 
and put it in a fridge. <laughs> well, tell them that. <laughs> I don't want to buy warm beer. You know how I feel about buying warm beer. I know, but you own, you own a fridge at home. I, I understand that. Don't they? They're a supermarket. <laughs> You're so stubborn sometimes. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. Um, when Patrick gets on something, there is no convincing him otherwise unless he is convinced otherwise by something. <laughs> Truth, facts. You cannot convince him. He has to be convinced himself by an action that happens in some other weird other dimension that, that changes his mind. Um, anyway, we're going to be back next week. We're going to be posting the podcast early next week because both of us are leaving town on Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning. So expect the podcast on Tuesday afternoon next week. We will likely be doing another style. We might do the beer app episode as well. Um, those are a couple of options that we're going to get to. We still have to do our Oregon City episode coming up. We haven't had a chance. We've both been busy on weekends. Yep. we got to find a weekend to be able to do that soon. But uh, we'll, that'll be coming as well. So thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Traces. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.